Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this Where the Rubber Meets the Road Tuesday episode. Yes, where the rubber meets the road. Where is that? No, it's not getting in your car, taking your kids to school and going to work. It's how do you get more overtime to pay for regulations and taxes brought on by government? Wait, today's election day. What you need to realize is all the things that we're talking about today also applies to the ballot that you might have in hand that you haven't turned in yet because the state's got plans for lots more of your money. So if you voted or if you haven't voted, that vote is about raising your taxes or not raising your taxes, but there are lots of schemes going on in Olympia that are going to cost you more money, including increases in taxes. So a rubber meets the road Tuesday. We're going to jump into a conversation about the things government's got planned for you in the near future after inspiration. Our inspiration today is brought low. Pride precedes and often leads to humiliation, something a man in Norway found out. Not even dressed in running clothes, the individual arrogantly challenged Kirsten Warholm, the world record holder in the 400-meter hurdles, to a race. Warholm training in an indoor public facility obliged the challenger and left him in the dust. At the finish line, the two-time world champion smiled when the man insisted that he'd had a bad start and wanted to race again. In Proverbs 29:23, we read, Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. God's dealing with the proud is one of Solomon's favorite themes in the book. The word pride and haughty in these verses means swelling or puffed up, taking credit for what rightfully belongs to God. When we're filled with pride, we think more highly of ourselves than we should. Jesus once said, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Both he and Solomon direct us to pursue humility and lowliness. This isn't false modesty, but right-sizing oneself and acknowledging that all that we have comes from God. It's being wise and not saying things arrogantly or in haste. Let's ask God to give us the heart and wisdom to humble ourselves, to honor him, and to avoid humiliation. Heavenly Father, remind us that humility is the pathway to honor in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I wish we had some humility and maybe some sympathy from our lawmakers in Olympia because maybe pride cometh before a fall. If you look at the regulations that they put out in front of us, it's immensely expensive for working families out there. And in Olympia, it seems like they don't have the wisdom to understand what real people are going through. And every time they talk about affordable housing, I say every time a politician's mouth opens and says affordable housing, they're going to go make housing more expensive, which is exactly what they're doing in Olympia right now. They are proposing tax increases on property. They're proposing rising costs for landlords, which is going to make rents go up. And they say they're going to save you money. You know, that carbon tax thing that they did. And they said it was going to be four cents a gallon. And for some reason, 
fuels like 70 cents more a gallon. And so now how are they going to answer back with that? They're going to answer back with a regulation that's going to control how you maintain your car. That's why we called it where the rubber meets the road. I've got a sound bite from John Satgast and Jim Walsh from the Washington House and the Washington GOP about a bill happening in Olympia. And uh, it's just amazing the gall of these folks over there when life is already expensive, people are already struggling, we're dealing with inflation. Companies already have regulations. Lots of regulations. Well, and and we, today's election day and there's several tax increases that are on our ballots and there is a good amendment to our, our city government's constitution in the city charter because we had gerrymandering that happened in the last election cycle and so on our ballots we have to approve this change to our city charter process in reference to creating city council boundaries because last time around we had some council members that colluded to change the district boundaries you mean to benefit. write their own map yeah. to benefit themselves politically well, to benefit themselves politically and then and hurt the rest of the community so we could have common sense representation so we're going to do this soundbite really quick and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this regulation and all the other bills that are coming up that uh, we need to cover so we'll be talking with you on the other side of this House Bill 2262 talks about reducing rolling resistance of tires in an effort to make tires more fuel efficient and thereby beneficial to the environment. The bill would ban the sale of tires that don't meet new efficiency goals. Representative Jim Walsh of Aberdeen says the proposal would determine what new tires you can purchase. The tires have to be thinner and frankly slicker. And that's where the real rub comes here. This limit on the grabbiness of tires, it's a safety issue. Tire manufacturers say to meet the new proposed standards, Tires would have less tread depth and thereby less traction. You'll be more likely to see hydroplaning and cars slipping and sliding whenever there's any kind of weather issue on the roads. Snow tires, spare tires, motorcycle tires, and those used on off-road recreational vehicles or agriculture vehicles would be exempt. Walsh says the proposed legislation sets bad policy and he wants to protect consumer choice. Nick Scott, the state capitol. Well, that's kind of interesting, consumer choice. I, they're they're squeezing down on consumer choice a lot. And also when they start doing these kinds of regulations, now you have an interruption in the marketplace, supply and demand issues. And of course, if you live in certain areas, you want different tires. There's people that live in mountainous areas. There's people that live in places that get lots of rain. And so they want those tires that have deep tread that wicks the water. So like in that soundbite they're not going to be hydroplaning as much consumers need lots of different things i think it's funny they're worried about hydroplaning we have snow they don't well, have they, snow on that well, side of they the mountain snow tire they did say snow tires are exempt but the problem is when you let the government go down this road normally it's pothole filled maybe the road's not even well maintained you know maybe they should focus on that but you know that's that's another issue you know if you live in a place that has horrible road conditions maybe you need different tires i know in spokane you need indestructible ones so you know i think that just going down this road of regulating because you think it's a good idea it's not going to help consumers it's going to hurt them they should have called it like the affordable tire act because it's uh, it's not going to be tried. affordable 
Cairo News Radio. It says last week there was a bill in the Washington House of Representatives that would allow the Washington State Department of Commerce to ban affordable and durable replacement tires under the umbrella of helping the climate. So I was wrong. They're trying to ban affordable tires, not encourage affordable tires. The bill received a committee hearing, but it didn't go any further in the House, and there was no support for the bill, so it died. However, Senator Marco Elias out of Edmonds was able to resurrect the ban from the ashes and sneak it into a seemingly unrelated bill, which was SB 6304, on electric vehicles in the Senate and get it passed out of his committee. No public hearing, no public comment, and all done behind closed doors in executive session. To remind you of what this bill would do, it would require that any replacement tires sold in our state meet yet-to-be-determined fuel efficiency standards based on their rolling resistance. That's how much friction the tires create. It would likely eliminate the most affordable and durable tires available. Belias told his Senate Transportation Committee that drivers would really benefit from this. The Department of Commerce tells us the average Washingtonian could save as much as $770 in gas with more efficient tires that use less fuel on our roadways, while also reducing emissions for our state. But the numbers are disputed by most of the industry experts. Tracy Norberg of the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association addressed those rosy estimates during the House public hearing on this idea. I think the estimates that we see in the bill are, I guess the right word would be very optimistic. These tires are more costly Senator Curtis King out of Yakima added, they have a shorter lifespan, they don't function well on snow or ice, and it's something that we should not be considering. So they said they were going to exempt snow tires, but the reality is a lot of people in this region depend on their traction control. They depend on their driving experience, and they just get all-season tires. So they said they're going to exempt snow tires, but all-season tires are what a lot of people buy. So these all-season tires are going to be a lot harder. They're going to have less traction. They're going to have less tread depth. And tread depth is also something that makes your tires last longer because you have tread longer, right? So the $770 a year in savings, we're probably going to be paying that in tires. But that number is an unreliable number. It's like our gas tax was only supposed to increase at like four cents a gallon, according to the governor, right? Well, I don't think their number in gas savings is correct either, especially since they haven't set up all the criteria. They're going to hand it over to state agencies to set up all the criteria on the hardness of the rubber and all of the the guidelines around this. The other thing this is going to do is your tire company that's down the road is going to have to sell off inventory. They're going to have to make sure that they follow these guidelines and that's going to have cost involved with it. The other issue is that they say replacement tires. Does that mean you can't go down to the used tire shop and buy a tire from previous to this regulation taking place? So now you're going to have state government. What agency are we going to fund with our tax dollars to enforce tire sales? The Department of Commerce. The Department of Morons. It's like every other department and they, we, we don't have enough law enforcement there. You know what would also save people gas if they weren't doing 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. 
you know, but we can't fund police. And, you know, if you could not have potholes, you know what would also save a lot of gas if you had a proper alignment on your car. And you wouldn't have to do that every three months if you had streets that were physically safe for your car. Because at this point, we have streets that I think if our cars had civil rights, our cars could sue the government for assault. But this bill has more in it to save you money, Tim. On gas. Are you ready for this? Well, we're going to so, have to save money somewhere with all these taxes and bad ideas that they're pushing. I'm, I'm going to remind you that Mr. Lias's bill, this bill was an electric vehicle bill. Okay. Well, the one that he shoved the tire uh, bill into. Right. Okay. So language to ban idling was also added to the bill. So also magi magically stuffed into Lias's EV bill during executive session was language that would ban commercial vehicles from idling. Beginning January 2nd, 2025, any person who owns, operates, or causes to operate any diesel-fueled commercial motor vehicle must not idle for five consecutive minutes at any location. Going further, those who own trucks with diesel-fueled auxiliary power systems would not be able to idle for more than five minutes within 100 feet of restricted areas. Do you, that, that, do you know what diesel-powered auxiliary systems are? Do you know what those are? Those are the diesel generators so you can use that a lot charge less the EV diesel. the EV vehicles, right? No, no, right? no, 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 oh. no. This is, you're talking about commercial trucks. So those auxiliary diesels, sometimes there are, they're like a generator mm -hmm. that, so you can run your heating system. It keeps your batteries charged up for the guys that are living in their semi-truck, right? Mm -hmm. But the other auxiliary diesel engine that has to run is a reefer unit that keeps the produce the food the meat from going bad in your trailer well that's really funny you know why because those restricted areas include individual or multi-family housing units schools hotels motels hospitals senior care facilities and child care facilities and there's what does that have to do with the diesel well idling what do they use to deliver the food to senior care facilities and child care facilities and hotels and motels and hospitals? Diesel fuel running trucks well, that have to have reefer units to keep the food cold while they're delivering it to these so places. So is, is there an exemption for the reefer units in here? Well, there's I mean, not, we but know. there's a fine for idling. And uh, the fines for idling would run between $300 and $1,000 per day. And any police officer would be able to issue the fines. Wow. Wow. Uh, so we're going to have to stop, take a break. I'm going to, we're going to, we're just going to idle. Put on the brakes. We're, we're going to idle here for a moment. We'll be right back with you. Insanity. Thank you to all the listeners that listen to the show so we can all stay informed on what's going on here on the Right Spokane Perspective. We also want to thank all those who contribute to keep us on the air. All those contributions go directly to the cost of our airtime and production of Right Spokane Perspective. Again, you can help us out by going to rightspokaneperspective.com and contributing. Also, make those checks payable to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, Send them to P.O. Box 7620-99207. We appreciate all those contributions to keep us on the air. Also, this year, we're looking at maybe having local businesses. That's right, local businesses that are conservative, Christian, common sense-minded businesses that want to advertise to you, the listeners out there. We also like to help listeners find those good small businesses that we can support. Again, rightspokaneperspective.com. 
Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, P.O. Box 7620-99207. Back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Where the Rubber Meets the Road Tuesday episode. Where the Rubber Meets the Road is, well, the people make choices. We let our government get away with things all the time. You have a ballot in hand that is going to decide whether your taxes increase. Now, folks, you know, it doesn't matter what the government says they need money, right? So we've got, uh, what, a school levy. It depends on where you're at. It depends on what district you're in, if it's uh, Spokane Public Schools, Mead, you know, wherever you're at. More than likely, there's a tax increase on your ballot. And uh, there's a, in the city of Spokane, we really need to get those ballots turned in for the charter amendment to try to control the gerrymandering of our city. Then there's some tax increases. And, folks, we got to talk about these tax increases. It's for the kids. No matter how much you love the public school down the street, no matter how much you love the libraries in the city of Spokane, just know this is not the end of the asks for your tax increases. And before I jump into what's going on over in Olympia, the city of Spokane had a uh, like $24 million hole in their budget. These tax increases you're voting on isn't going to fill that hole. You know, the other thing that's coming up, it sounds like maybe in August, we're going to be having a parks bond thrown on the ballot and they're going to ask for another tax increase for parks. We think about this, look at the budgets. Okay. So your state budget in 2003, okay. 2003 wasn't that long ago, $23 billion budget at the state level. It's now over $70 billion that's way more than the inflation on almost anything. A tripling in, in cost of our state government. And you look at your municipal and your city government. Well, I guess your city government is spending money on murals on the streets. That So you'll have painted uh, murals. You got the rainbow crosswalks. That's all paint. And you're going to have these wonderful slippery tires so you can run over pedestrians. Hey, I, I don't understand. But you know understand. what? The paint wears off after 500,000 vehicles run it over. I'm right. just going to let you know. Yeah, well, so when are they going to deal with the uh, the paint pollution that we're wearing off all this paint that they're putting out on the street? But so nevertheless, more tax increases. That's why these ballots need to go in because you're going to have that park bond coming up in August to raise your taxes. But wait a minute, is that going to fix the $24 million hole in the city budget? No, it's not. That's out of a different batch of money. So the city of Spokane is going to be coming back for even more money. Again, somehow, some way, they're going to raise costs on the citizenry here in the city of Spokane. Well, one of the ways that they're planning on doing it is actually at the state level because, you know, the city takes that 1% every year in, in tax increases, right? And they make it sound so small. They sell it to you just like the school bonds. Well, the schools are awash in money. Okay, all of these government entities are awash in money because our houses in the last 20 years have doubled in cost. Not quite like the government that's tripled in cost, but has doubled in cost. What but does that they, do? Have well, they really doubled in cost? Well, if you or go is to, it just if you the go to way buy they're one, looking at them? You know, they look at them one way. We look at them at an, as another. No, they've doubled in cost because the taxes have gone up and, uh, well, in interest rates too. So, I mean, it, it costs more to have a house now, but double is not triple. Government has tripled in cost all over the place. But when we look at these tax increases, like the ones that are on our ballot, it's based upon the value of your home. All these government entities have already got massive increases in the amount of money they're getting, but they want more. So they're going to add more taxes, add more bonds 
just here in the city of Spokane, and if you live in other districts, look at what's on your ballot. Look at your municipal government, what's coming your way. Well, the state has a plan of something coming your way. That 1% extra they always take? Well, years back, they used to take 6%. Well, there was a citizen's initiative, and the legislature even did a special session to adopt the 1% limitation, because that's what the people wanted. The, The tax increases were getting out of control. But did they reduce the taxes? No, no. We're still paying on all of those other increases when it was out of control. That's why instead of it being seven or $800 a year in property tax, it's $3,000 a year. What they're looking at doing now is raising it back up to 3% that your state and local governments can increase your taxes. And they say, well, you know, on the price of a, you know, $300,000 house, I think it's a difficult thing to find a $300 house, by the way, but a $300,000 house is going to cost you what? But that's just on the one tax, right? So that's the city raises it. Well, what if the state raises it also 3%? Oh, but it compounds. Oh, and then what if the cost of your house goes up your assessment? Oh, then it's more. Oh, and then guess what? You're going to have all these other taxes and bonds that they want you to pay for the schools, for the libraries, for the parks. And these are all the people that go to Olympia and then they come back. They're going to be all running for office this next year. The House of Representatives, all of them are running. A good portion of the Senate is running, right? And they're going to talk about affordable housing. And they keep talking about affordable housing. In fact, I think they're going to have to raise our property taxes just so that they can have a conference on affordable housing. Because that seems to be government's milieu. I don't think I like that. Well, you know, the government has lots of important things to do. They've got to raise our taxes. They have to raise their our taxes for their diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. They have to raise our taxes so that they can paint more rainbow sidewalks, crosswalks, murals. They got to fund the arts, you know, all those things that a lot of people can't afford. It was a 2001 initiative. It was initiative 747. And basically the taxpayers said, we don't want any more of this uh, increase. So they capped it at that 1%. Now lawmakers in Olympia are changing that. It's Senate Bill 5770. Senate Bill 5770 is the number. So if you want to call your legislators on that, you can use the hotline at 1-800-562-6000. That's your state legislative hotline, 1-800-562-6000. Tell your legislators what you think about restrictions on tires and increased taxes, especially right now looking at property taxes. And just looking at this $71 billion budget that they're going to be altering this legislative cycle, adding a little bit more money to that, The 2024 estimate for state tax revenue is $71 billion per biennium, which is an increase of $27 billion over the last five years. $27 billion in just the last five years. So if things stay the way they are, we're going to see a state budget that jumps, again, higher than inflation. So you brought up Senator Edmonds, right? Yes. Um, now, Senator Edmonds. No, it was Senator Lias out of Edmonds. Oh, Senator Lias. Lias. Out of Edmonds. Okay. Well, a different Democrat, Representative Strom Peterson, out of Edmonds, he would like to require rental property owners to report rental property payment histories to a nationwide consumer credit agency. 
but only for on-time rent payments. So basically, additionally, his proposal would require a rental property owner to stop reporting once a tenant is late on the rent. Well, then why is it doing reporting if you're not protecting future landlords from someone that doesn't pay their rent? Because that's not the purpose. Well, that's not equitable. Well, it's really not. And, and, and that's so, not inclusive. So if you're, a, if you're a landlord or if you're a tenant and you don't want your rent to go up, uh, this one is House Bill 2323, and it's uh, Representative Strom Peterson out of Edmonds that is running this bill. So this credit background checks will allow property owners to make educated decisions on who prospective renter is and evaluate the risk and cost of having that renter in the property. While most renters pay rent on time and take care of their homes, there are some that do not. The history of the tenant who does not pay on time would not appear on the credit reporting background check. That's actually in the bill to protect people that don't pay their bills. So now you have a property owner that maybe they have multiple rentals, they're going to increase your rent because they couldn't find out that your neighbor doesn't pay the rent when he rented to him. So here's another thing. So the bill also creates an unfunded government mandate on any rental property owner. Basically, what they're going to be doing is they're going to have to take the time each month to do the reporting payments. So, you know, maybe hire accountants or, or what have you. It can be pretty cost prohibitive. Credit reporting setup fees can be several thousand dollars plus a monthly fee. And there's also risk to the property managers because of the reporting of rental payments could open up the door for a tenant to sue the property owner uh, and place them in violation in the Fair Credit Reporting Act just in case there's missteps in, in the reporting. Another thing for good measure on this uh, bad bill and, and other bills Take a look at Senate Bill 6064, the proposal that would not only jack up rental rates, but could leave you without your pet. Kind of interesting. Nobody's going to leave me without my pet. Well, it's a good thing we're not rent. Well, actually, we are rent. We kind of, we rent from the government. So, you know, I mean, it's pretty steep rent when we're paying rent to the government. What we're looking at here in Senate Bill 6064 is that... Under the proposal, property owners could only collect a damage deposit for pets capped at $150 starting in July of this year if this bill, Senate Bill 6064, passes. I've never heard, uh, that's like something you pay at a hotel, $150 damage for like a couple nights, you know, maybe for a pet, because what's the cost of carpet? What if they chew up the molding? That's going to cost a lot. You're talking about more than $150. You're talking about renting a house. And, you know, if you really like a house and you want a nice house and you have good pets, you're willing to pay quite a bit, probably $1,000 or more. Yeah, but I have not ever heard of of a landlord charging that much. I think the most that I have heard of is $200. $200. That's for an apartment. That's for an apartment. That's not for a house. So you talk about a four-bedroom house or a three-bedroom house, capping it at $150 when there's $10,000 worth of carpet easily on a a main floor of a rental house that's several bedrooms. Yeah, I I don't think that's reasonable. I think that puts landlords at risk. So what are they going to do? They're just going to jack up the rents. So instead of paying a deposit, and if you're a good tenant and you have good pets, and uh, maybe you don't stay very long, maybe you're just going to live there for six months. Your first three months are are $1,200, and then after that, 
your your rent's going to be $900. Okay, now you're talking about small apartments now because you're not going to find an apartment for that cost. Oh, not anymore. Bottom line, rent starts at 1010 now. 1010? That's for a studio. Stid- yeah, studio. So the more they get into regulating housing, they want to regulate tires. They want to regulate, you know, the tire you put on your car. They're, they already regulate at the federal level the emission standards and fuel standards on our vehicles that make our vehicles more expensive. They're pushing these electric cars on people that cost a fortune. And by the way, they're going to wear out. Batteries are going to go bad. Second, third owner, working class people can't afford them. And there's not going to be that, you know, those vehicles down the road that people can afford to buy on a used car market lot. And can the used car lots sell cars with tires that don't meet the new standards. I mean, there's so many things that government is doing to make our lives horribly more expensive. We should all be contacting our legislators and telling them no. And we need to remember, it's election day. Your ballot's in hand. Whether you feel like it's going to make a difference or not, at least you can say you turned it in. You want that city charter amendment to protect the boundaries of our city elections better. And, you know, I I don't know. I guess if you want to pay more taxes on your, your schools and your libraries, just prepare. A bond for the parks is coming later in the year, and you're also going to see city government trying to find ways to take more money to fill that budget hole and your property taxes are likely going up if the legislature passes these taxes then there's many more things going on that are going to raise our costs so we should vote we should be involved we should be wise and we should give some of our wisdom to those lawmakers that are making life more expensive all that being said we're going to burn out of here to- oh no 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 wait we got to save the rubber we're just going to drive on out of here for today's show we'll be with you folks again tomorrow bye bye you have been listening to right spokane perspective we are sponsored by right spokane perspective llc and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you